and welcome to this podcast. It's called T2S2 in honor of Douglas Adams, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And because podcasts are all called after the name of the person, the Toby Shapshack Show, which turns into T2S2. And welcome to the podcast, because that's not how we do podcasts, do we? We start with, with an introduction of the person I'm speaking to. So, Hello, my name's Toby Shapshack, and I'm going to talk to someone who many years ago gave us this very fancy little blue device that lets you use a credit card without one of those expensive point-of-sale devices. So, what am I talking about? It's Yoko. Yoko has gotten to the point where it is now internationally expanding from South Africa. And it's one of the great examples of a great African product that has gone global. And I'm saying too much. Let me say hello to Katlejo, who is the, the CEO of this once small startup that raised pretty significant money last year in dollars. Hello, Kat. Hey, Toby. Nice to be here with you. How's everything going? Good, good. I kind of sound like I was a, an announcer at one of those horse races. And coming in around the corner is blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm a little excited about this guy. I kind of came across them when they were like, nobody would really heard of them yet. They didn't even have a PR company, but they had an amazing product. And Yoko has gone from being a small startup to a very big startup. How did it happen? Whose fault was it? <laughs> uh, Toby, to be honest, it was just relentless focus and yeah. uh, clarity of vision. Um, you know, from from day one, we've been very clear about what we're about. Um, the the self-employed, the, the people who've been left behind, the people who want to participate in the economy, but nobody was building tools for. And we just focused on them. And it's amazing when you really orientate around market creation versus uh, getting into the substitution and the churn game from other players. Um, you build something new and you can also be counter-cyclical. And I think that's been a little bit our story. You had me at counter-cyclical. I mean, that is a dinkum <laughs> word in the, in the dictionary. And that's part of the reason I like you, because not only you're a really smart former consultant, but you're a really smart implementer. You say all the right things. And I mean that as a, as a compliment, because it is genuine. But, but you get you, beep, done. <laughs> And I've watched you. I mean, I was trying to find my original article, which I wrote for Forbes, about how <laughs> how your growth was. Please just remind me of those numbers. It was like you went from, you spent years building it out, trying it out, toughing it out, and then your growth just kind of did a real, what do, what do they call it? A hockey stick. <laughs> and you like just started well, like doubling numbers as more and more people went, this is helpful, useful, cheaper, quicker. And you throw in a business intelligence software and you throw in free software to organize your, your storefront, as it were, and your point of sale terminal and, 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 you know, I've seen you add ands all along. Well, Toby, I think it's important to go back to the problem. You had a situation where if somebody wanted to get a card machine, uh, they had to call the institution, uh, they had to get an appointment, they had to justify their size, they had to negotiate pricing, they had to be in a nice commercial area that a salesperson could come see them, just lots and lots of hurdles. And um, it became very clear to us that the problem was access. And it wasn't just a pricing issue, but just a general sense of access to the solution. We were very much inspired by the mobile industry, which we came from. Uh, that's where I did a lot of my consulting life. 
where you could pick up a prepaid phone, a SIM card, and a voucher from the side of the street and make phone calls. Yet you yeah. couldn't get a card machine, right? And in the end, we see the business models as the same. And I guess in the early days, we focused a lot of attention on access and removing friction, um, applying you know this sort of mobile construct um, in our thinking, and then also layering in e-commerce um, as a way to reach people across the country. And that's what we did. You know, we created a process where you could go to yoko.com, uh, sign up in five minutes, and we would ship you a device that you could set up for yourself within 48 hours. Yeah. And that really was the baseline for the growth. Um, and you asked a little bit about the trajectory. Well, you know, we came out of beta in late 2015 um, with about 500 merchants, really focused on building this onboarding platform and, and yeah. making things streamlined. And then that was really when we started just investing in our channels and, and really seeing the growth. And yeah, over 230,000 folks on the platform now, um, ever since that we've onboarded and uh, comfortably adding, you know, more than 10,000 merchants per month now, uh, which is super exciting. And wow. I think the most important, important thing in these numbers is eight out of 10 of these folks are taking electronic payments for the first time. And we consider this to be our most important KPI. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I mean, you had me at beta. Um, I see you speak VC. <laughs> but actually, that's what matters, right? Because it's like, uh, I mean, I, I was thrilled when I when I, I go places and I see people, like, you know, people. The woman I've been going to for massages for like fifteen years, you know, out comes her yoga, and I said to her, "Listen." Coming soon is tap to pay. You're not going to need an extra device, you know. Yeah. Uh, and don't worry, this podcast will appear after the launch, and I'm not breaking the embargo. And you can talk about <laughs> it being a multi-product platform because actually, like that's what you've become, right? You used to be a a, a, a cheap alternative point of sale terminal. You'll dispute this, but let's. That's where you began, and now <laughs> you're like. Kind of like a hybrid challenger and new banky payment systemy thingy multi well, product platform. I, I, you gotta you gotta start with the problem. Um, so the initial problem that we identified was just access to a payment solution, um, and specifically a payment solution that could take a physical card because that's what the country yeah. needed. Yeah. And that's been our story to date. And in many respects, people know us as the blue card machine company. Um, but we uh, spend a tremendous amount of time with our customers really trying to get to the essence of where they're struggling. And it became uh, quite clear that there were a few themes emerging. Um, one was, you know, I need access to my money faster, access to my settlement quicker. Um, I also, uh, you know, consume uh, on stock, wages, utilities and rent. I need to be able to make these payments faster in a simpler way. And I also just want to have a sense of uh, control over, you know, what money is coming in and what money is going out and what is my financial position. I also want to know if I can pay myself a salary. I want to know what my profitability position is. These are, these are the questions keeping our customers yeah. up at night. Profitability is a word I use often. Exactly. Right. We think it's important that, you know, we, we become a solution um, and not just a single product organization, but a solution yeah. that's really attending to these core challenges. And we've really come a long way. I mean, I think on the acceptance side, um, it's not just about the card machines anymore now, 
we've launched online payments and I believe, and I say this with the greatest humility that I, I think we have the best unified payment experience in the markets where you have both, you know, a physical solution um, and an online solution that's working through uh, a single uh, provider, which means you don't have to worry about reconciliations. You're seeing everything coming into one place. Uh, we also launched uh, an EFT um, solution, so instant EFT, and we're going to continue to add payment methods so that you only need um, us as your platform and you, that you don't have to worry about uh, um, uh, payment reconciliation. And then, yeah. you know, the next step is starting to think about, you know, how our customers spend um, and starting to complete that equation. If you can imagine, we're trying to build almost like a ledger, right, of money coming in and money going out and uh, profitability picture. And this is really um, how we see the, 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 the vision going forward from a product perspective. Uh, we're here to solve for the self-employed, you know, folks who are trading. And we want to make their lives as easy as possible. When you say things like we're here to solve, because I realize that that's the difference between journalists and consultants. Journalists say solve a problem. Consultants just say the solve or a solve. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say you're one of my most favorite consultants, Kat. You really are. Because, I, I, I mean, I've literally watched you do this, you know. And you, you, you like, I love the way you speak. I really do. Um you make jargon sound sexy, I have to say this. But the, the, <laughs> it's my accent. <laughs> there, we, there we go. You know, it's like, it's. I mean, I've watched this happen and I've watched people I know. Um, I wish I could think of more than just, you know, the person I go to for massages. But, she, but, but I know lots of people and I've been to many markets and food markets and that kind of thing. And like people pop out their... their, their blue card machine. I mean, it's really simplified. A, you know, a friend of mine has a, a big house and a couple of, I think, three different cottages. She runs a small B&B business and that's what she uses. She uses a Yoko. And I was like, I'm really impressed when I discover that people have found it because it's like, it's my job to know these kinds of things about the tech industry. But I'm always impressed when the people who actually use the technology, like when you're traveling overseas, you, you see locals eating in that restaurant. That's where you want to go and eat. You know, the menu's not in English. Locals eat at your restaurant, Kat. Well done. <laughs> Look, we're very proud um, of, of, you know, how far we've come, where we are today. But the reality, Toby, is that um, we're only inch deep. Um, and this is really what really keeps the fire going with us. There are 100 million um, SMBs across Africa and the Middle East. You know, at the 230K, this is just a drop in the ocean. Yeah. And the reality is, um, both in South Africa and across the continent, um, you know, still tremendous amounts of uh, trade happening in cash and happening in person. And the reality is, and I guess you've experienced this, you know, engaging with merchants that you were previously visiting who didn't have a solution. Yeah. When you're not in the digital world, you almost don't exist, right? Um, you have no records. You yeah. can't, have, can't get access to capital. You're just sort of marginalized. Um, and, you know, we really want to figure out how we can accelerate um, getting to, you know, millions more of these uh, uh, traders who need to come into the financial ecosystem. Let's talk about online payments because that's very interesting to me because that has become, in a way, the future. You know, and I mean, it's a, it's a horrible analogy, but this whole don't let a good 
crisis go to waste. You know, the, the, the pandemic was good in some respects. And, and, and what I think of is, is that many people don't do something they find challenging or intimidating or makes them feel stupid. I know this. I remember as a teenager being told, if you don't know the answer, it doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you don't know the answer. It's one of those unbelievable maxims, the sentence that changed my life, you know. Um, and and it's it, it's totally that you've you've got to understand that. So so many people during lockdown, where in the past they could avoid doing something because they could ask their grandchild or their children or their son or someone would come and fix them. I'm not talking about you, Mark. Someone would come and fix the technology problem. Now during lockdown, you had no solution. You had to work it out for yourself. And actually, it's not that high a barrier. It's it's kind of nowadays it's common sense. You know, for the last five or 10 years, at the very least, most technology, if you're using a smartphone or a tablet, you know, it's, it's really simple to use. And, and that's been a massive thing that I think has, has happened. The other consequence is online shopping has, has massively grown. The convenience of it are, is, is significant. You know, Checkers 6060 says their delivery fee is 35 Rand, and they say it costs you on average 54 Rand to drive somewhere yourself and get the groceries. I can totally get that. And you save yourself time and, and, and. I mean, I, I think it's something that that, that COVID is, has been a good crisis in that it's allowed so many people who would never have dipped their toe in their water or were afraid of technology or having to learn new skills that have suddenly done it. And their lives are better for it. Absolutely. Look, I think one thing about the crisis, and we've seen this across the whole continent, right, is... Um, it's really been a major shift in uh, behavior from a digitization perspective. And yeah, it's just gotten folks to try things that they ordinarily wouldn't have tried. But just to hone in a little bit on the online payments and you know how we're trying to really socialize this with our customers is two primary things. One, you know, just getting access to a new set of customers that maybe are not necessarily in your locale. And then the other one, and we really love this, is that you know, you never stop trading, right? You never, you never off. Uh, the store's yeah. never closed, um, and I think that's really the power of online that we're trying to socialize with our customers. And even here, once again, um, just like we did at the terminals, where we got you know eight out of ten people to start taking electronic payments for the first time, we're doing the same thing with online payments. We're getting business owners to do their first set of online payments, and that's really um, what we're about, right? We're about bringing people into the digital world um, in a simple and easy way uh, through self-service, uh, with limited hand-holding, and through productization and great experience. That's the, the point of it all because, you you know, it's it's this next generation of, of small businesses coming online. We know small businesses are the growth engine of any economy. It doesn't matter whether it's the biggest or the smallest economies. Small businesses create jobs. They make jobs, um, and you can't live in a world where you can't be digitally, financially active. You know, okay. Arthur Goldstack's research from from Worldwide Works. I, I forget the exact figure, but it was it was a significantly higher number of businesses who just had a website who were making more money. They were and they yeah. were more profitable. Just having a website, people Google. Or search, you know, I use DuckDuckGo. Don't look down on me. I am very privacy focused. 
I duck, duck, go someone. And if they don't have a website, I'm like, you think less of them because that's the kind of world we live in these days. Nobody asks you for a business card anymore, but people want to exactly. know what your URL is. How's that for old-fashioned universal resource locator? It's interesting. Um, we uh, talk about building a platform for modern commerce. And this is actually what you're talking about, right? Where commerce is not just in person, but it's online. It's happening across a bunch of channels. And, you know, in the past, um, this has typically been limited to enterprise, large organizations with big budgets and massive uh, IT infrastructure to spend on. And what we're trying to do is that we want to bring this into the small and the micro space, right? Where these businesses can also do the same unified commerce uh, type experience. And underpinning this are significant investments we're making into our platform that will enable, you know, multiple payment methods um, across different channels in a simple, easy to use way. But yeah, I guess maybe this is something we don't spend a lot of time talking about is this is the stuff under the iceberg with Yoko, right? Is the infrastructure that we're building and how um, right now, you know, you just see it with our machines, the speed at which, you know, transactions are being approved and yeah. uh, transacting. We've really put, you know, Rolls-Royce type stuff in the hands of ordinary people. And we're that's very a really proud of nice that. phrase, Rolls-Royce in the hands of ordinary people. Because that's actually the promise of, of cloud computing, that anybody could have access to a Rolls-Royce-like service. You don't have to buy the server and a five-year or a 10-year license. You just exactly. pay for what you use. That's a, that's a really great result, I think. Yeah, no, we're very proud of that. And yeah, still just getting started. Well, I mean, what are the, some of the other things that you're going to do then if this is, this is just the beginning? I mean, there's a lot of other things, you know, that, that need to be done. I mean, I suppose the, the most important thing you're doing is, is making it easier for first-time users or anyone to access digital financial services. You'd probably call that um, breaking down barriers and opening up commercial possibilities for customers, you know, that's the kind of thing you're doing, right? If I were to really uh, simplify it, so Yoko has been focused on acceptance, so how people receive money. And we've also enabled how people have access to money through working capital, Yoko Capital. Um, and, you know, a big focus um, in the next while is how people spend their money. That's very helpful. So, you know, if you bring this all together, this is really the ecosystem of money. Um, and that's how we think about it. And then on top of this is software, right, and tools that allows you to make sense of how your money is moving. So if I really were to summarize it, that's really what we're trying to do. Um, and, yeah, we kind of see it as uh, the future of money made simple. That's a very nice phrase. You could build an advertising campaign around that, the future of money made simple. Because, no, I mean, I'm, I'm only being partly facetious. <laughs> because actually, like I studied English literature and journalism. Like I don't speak maths as a first language, but I had no choice. I got retrenched two days after my first honeymoon. I started my first business. This is, I think, my third or fourth. I can't even remember. You know, that must mean I've done it for long enough. Yeah. And it all comes down to common sense and pragmatism. And, and, and dealing with money is intimidating yes. to lots of people. It really is. Simplify it, make it easy to use. And, and a lot of that is driven by the lack of transparency around money and the way it's flowing. And, that, you know, uh, we did some research once and we found that, you know, uh, some of our customers are spending half a day a week just reconciling. Yeah. 
um, where their money is coming in from and where it's sitting. Right. So that's half a day a week um, of a smaller yeah. micro business. Uh, we think, you know, there's way more value add ways to spend time. And if we can take away a bit of those pain points um, through technology and by integrating payments into something unified, then we believe we can give our customers some time back. And, and at the end of the day, I can tell you for someone who runs a small business, like the more time you have to actually do what you want to do, as opposed to manage the business, uh, that's invaluable. Exactly. We want our customers focused on thinking how they're going to get new customers yeah. and growing their customers, right? The customer base, not, you know, accounting um, and how tracking money and making pay payments. What the VAT the... <laughs> like that's an IQ test for, a, for an English student, I've got to tell you. No, exactly. Um, and the thing is that these are all common tasks across all businesses, right? So they can be standardized, they can be simplified. Um, and there's definitely room for automation and streamlining. And this is the role that we want to play in, in the end. Um, but in order to do that, uh, we need to create visibility. We need to get all the payment streams. We need to bring it into one place. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're deeply focused on that at the moment. It's a brilliant job that you've done. So I have to say, well done. I mean, I, I've, I've known you since you had 500 merchants and it's, uh, I've watched the growth of it. Thank you, Toby. Really appreciate the support. Um, and yes, you have seen the journey from the beginning. And thank you for taking us seriously and seeing the potential. But I really want to stress something. Um, and it's just a, a universal message. Whenever non-consumption is targeted, as in getting segments who have an unmet need, a solution, this creates massive outcomes um, yes. that you know exist long beyond, beyond the organization. It pulls in talent, resources, capital, um, opportunity, and it just resets the landscape. And just in general, um, whether it's SA or across the continent, but SA in particular, um, we need to figure out ways to attend to folks who have been unattended to. This is the only way we're going to move the economy forward. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, a, I guess, a small call to action from my side because we need it now more than ever. We certainly do. Um, and it's, of course, what I see and, and everyone else who runs a small business, you know, we're lucky at stuff that we know technology and we know how to use it. Most people don't, you know, and, and that's the, and that's the thing. You've got to make it like driving a car. I know nothing about my car's engine. I, I don't even turn the key anymore. I just push a start stop button. Like, and that's how most technology should be. And it's, it's taken the computer industry, you know, 30 or 40 years to get to a point where, you're just buying something from Rolls-Royce online. You don't need to buy the whole Rolls-Royce, you know. So so well done. And don't be resting on your laurels. I'll be coming for you in a couple of years to see how you've done, young man. Thank you, Toby. It's always a pleasure. Great. Thank you for listening to T2S2. My name is Toby Shapshak. Our director of audio is Hans Baumgarten and the executive producer is Sally Hudson. Please do like and subscribe Wherever you get your podcast, it really does help. You can read more on stuff.co.za. Stay safe.